Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Former Baylor quarterback, Raider, uh, Baylor Radio, caller analyst J.J. Joe with us. J.J., we had about a 30-minute segment to start the 4 o'clock hour, and thank you for being patient with the segment today. We're running a little bit late. We apologize for that. But, no man, worry. It's almost as if we just all, as someone that has watched what we've seen now for almost a year, just unleashed. I, I know that you played it, you bleed green and gold, but you've been frustrated too I, I just have – what was that we saw Saturday night? You know, I mean, uh, Smokey, it was a rough, but I think it's what we've seen all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this team, you know, you know, I, I forget the coach who said that you are what your record says you are. And right now this is a 2-4 and four team. We've been watching a 2-4 and four team all year. It's shown flashes. Um, and, you know, what we're seeing played out is, is I think, you know, teams come in – um, and they seemingly have the answer to everything we want to do or are trying to do. Uh, and then, of course, on top of that, sometimes it just looks like we don't manage what the uh, level of effort should be. So how do you fix it? You know, man, that's, that's a tough one because every team has a – they have a button that, you know, the coaches try to just figure out over the course of a season. And every team is different. And that's, I think the interview with Coach Aranda that we had after the game was probably the most despondent I've, I've heard from him. Because I think, you know, he, he's at a loss a little bit. It's just my interpretation. Because, you know, he's just not sure. He thought they had pushed the button a little bit last week at, in Florida. And lo and behold, the same things just kind of crept their head up again. So it's a tough one, man. It's just a bunch of soul searching. Was Texas Tech's defense, in particular defensive line, that great? Or is there alarms going off all over that offensive line right now? 
I think a lot of it's been going off up front. I think, you know, we played a good Utah game. You know, that line did a pretty good job in that first half. And I think, you know, we started feeling like, okay, these guys are growing together. Uh, but, um, you know, um, you know, I think the easiest way to say it and the most frank way to say it, I think I can do this. I'm, I'm not on a radio guy. I'm a former player. Hmm. Is we, we, you know, we had two years of, of really good football players up front. Basically, they all left in the last two years. We got, we were blessed that they all came back. And for some reason, we didn't build on it. Uh, and it is showing it's, it's rearing its ugly head now. JJ, uh, you mentioned Aranda as being almost despondent. And you could see, in fact, I, I, I think at times, uh, you know, he lost part of his voice in that comeback in Orlando. But you could, you could just see like he had been hit by a truck, like he was blindsided. Um, right. And, and, and so that's who they are, right? You, you're blindsided, but yet again, you've seen the same evidence for six consecutive weeks. How much of that is on his shoulders? You know, they're, they're all going to bear the burden. I mean, the head man, you know how it is. We've, we've seen that story. Mm-hmm. The, the head man is going to bear the brunt. If the ship goes down, the captain has to go down with it. And he, and, and Coach Aranda, he, you know, I mean, over the last four years, we replaced an offensive coordinator. We replaced a defensive coordinator. And he's a defensive-minded head coach. And our defense is, is horrid right now. And as much as I like him, uh, the number one thing I would expect from an Aranda-led team is, if not an elite defense, a very sound defense. And those are typically the size of the ball that get better first, the side that that coach typically uh, is, is, is the head of, or at least he's at, that's his kind of bent. And we're, we're seeing just kind of mass kind of issues across the board. And I, I don't know what the answers are, but, you know, I think they can turn around, at least salvage some things. But, but man, it's, it's a long road to hold to get this thing turned. JJ, is this um, a point in the season where, you know, they've got a bye week coming up? Do you put starting jobs on the line to try to light a fire or something like that? Well, I mean, I would think that uh, Coach Mateos and Coach Grimes, I think they did that early on after that first game. They they really shook up some things up front. Um, but, I, you know, when I heard Monterey uh, talk after the game, I've been feeling that. And – and it's certain guys, I'm not going to name names, because there's certain guys like I'll, I'll get the binoculars and I'll look on the sideline. And I'm. And it's not stuff that happens during the game. I'm looking for guys who want to get in the game. Uh, that's the one thing I always remember is like, man, everybody, I just want to play. I want to play. And I understand what he's saying. Um, sometimes you do have players on your team that, man, I got a scholarship. I got a little NIL money. Uh, now I got, you know, it's good here. Everything, they've made it so comfortable here. The locker rooms are great. And the work that comes along with being elite is not fun. I, the teams I played on, we had an elite stretch. But we didn't finish elite. The team in 21 finished elite. And the work that comes along with being good to elite is not fun. And most people, most, even most football players, don't want to do it. And I get a feeling that we have more more than we would want to on this team that are not willing to do what I would call what it takes to be elite. And I think um, that happens, man. And, and you just, the coaches have to figure it out and get it corrected. What did you think of uh, Blake Shapin's performance? And I know it kind of seems silly given all of the sacks and the quarterback pressures and the lack of a run game, but given all of those things, how do you feel like he performed in his second outing since uh, returning from injury? I mean, I think he did. He did great, man. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to put it on Blake. Blake is, you know, he's, he's been unstressed a little bit. 
You know, he went out the first game basically because we couldn't protect him this week. They did in stretches, did okay, but overall, Tech did a great job of, of just just putting pressure on us. Sometimes blitzing, sometimes not. And he stood in there and tried to do everything he could do. But but I'll tell you, and I said before, I mean, it's all about it's all about the protection and what happens up front. And even when you got a veteran quarterback, and I think he's making strides. I think we're seeing a better play. The only issue now is is he has a little bit more talent edge, but the protection that he had the first two years uh, is not as sound. It's not as sound this year. So I like what he's doing. I think he's growing. He just needs man. He he needs to survive. Well, and I think if he survives, he'll learn. He'll learn a lot. You played the position. Has it become almost like PTSD that every time you take a snap? I can. It can. But I, I commend Blake because a lot of times what they have, they talk about their focus. And a quarterback, you know, has to have the down-the-field focus. And as soon as the defense gets your focus to kind of start looking at that line or the, 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 the rush, they got you. And I, I thought Blake did a pretty good job of no matter how many hits he took, you know, mm-hmm. his first spent was to look downfield. And that's tough. That's a, that's a tough guy. J.J., what is the morning after a game where you get hit as much as he did feel like? You feel like you've been in a car wreck. And I'm not being – I'm not exaggerating. Every Sunday after the game, and you know, we ran a little bit more option, but I didn't run a ton. Um, but I felt like I was in a car wreck. It took me to about Wednesday to feel like I could go play again because quarterbacks, number one, don't get hit as often. And on Saturday, you're getting the brunt of the hits, uh, and they're coming full speed. And you just feel like a literal car wreck. Your back is, your neck is sore, your back hurts, you got bruises on your thighs, and you need all of those days to get right. And you're young. <laughs> That's the good thing about it, right? And you get back and you forget about it and you do it again the next week. JJ, what did you think of Texas Tech and, and just kind of what you. I guess, gathered from seeing their performance. Obviously, a, a nice win for that staff after last year. But in general, and, and seeing them move forward, what do you think about their chances to, to win a few more games? I like them. I like their young quarterback. Uh, you know, I think they're managing him quite well. They're managing him and not allowing him. To, he's got one read deep. He's got a lot of built-in completion. Uh, I like the scheme, what they're doing with him, at least what they've done the last couple of weeks against Houston and us. Um, he has good arm strength. Uh, he has probably Blake-level arm. Uh, and I like what they're doing. Uh, but, uh, you know, I said this on the air, and I'll say it again. Uh, there's been two times uh, over the last few years that I felt like we were outcoached. One was last year at, Kansas, at home against Kansas State, and once was this weekend. Wow. Yep. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah I think, absolutely. I, I, think that's I fair. do think that. I, I don't, I don't care. Lombardi couldn't help this team beat Texas uh, two or no. three weeks ago. But yeah, nope. yeah, and and uh, you know, you just wonder. It's it's an it's an, a week off, and people are mad. Uh, people are really mad, and fans are mad. And you you have to wonder how in the world now can Baylor sell this the rest of the year? It, it's a tough one. It starts. I'm glad they're on the road. I'll be honest with you, because I mean, we played uh, how many games at home already? Five. Yeah, yeah, we played five and we won one. Yep. Yeah, I mean, so it, it's good for them to go on the road and hopefully figure out a way to against a tough Cincinnati team, at least a team that plays good defense, to try to get a W, man. At least get a little momentum, but um, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard. I mean, this, I mean, it's you know, Mac has a lot of soul searching. Mac, Mac Rhodes, mm-hmm. 
coach Rand and his staff, they got a lot of work, but they have to just figure out what are the things we can do? What, what are those few things we can do? We know what we want to do. And this is what I loved about Coach Reed. Uh, and I know he got a lot of banging. He was the coach doing it going into the Big 12. But Coach Reed, he would change our offense from year to year based on what we could do, based on what we lost. And I love that about him because he would find a way, like, Jay, we just need to get to 24 the way we play offense. And he would figure out a way to just, you know, the first year I was there in 90, we were very basic. 91 the next year, he could do a lot of stuff. We had a veteran team. 92, we lost a lot of our linemen. He said, hey, we're going to do three things. We're going we're gonna to run it. We're going to run it. We're going to throw deep. That's it. <laughs> that's it. And we're going to run some trick plays. And that's what we did. In 93, we were a little bit better. So they just got to figure it out, man. Yeah, JJ, I, I wonder how much of that, like, you know, we were talking about Texas and Oklahoma earlier. Oklahoma, I think, changed from last year doing what they thought they could do to this year doing what they know they can do. And Baylor looks like they're in that phase of they think that this should work, but now the, the empirical evidence is out there. What they're doing does not work with the guys that they have. Yeah, and that's and that's what and that's what I mean. Early on, I was sugarcoating, but I, you know, I said, "Hey, look, you know, it's you know, sometimes we get married to a scheme, and that's I get it. Coaches are they're promoted, they are they they get they get notoriety based on this scheme, this technique, this whatever they like to run. But the best coaches, and I'm going to tell you, the last few coaches we played against, they isolate and attack. I mean, literally, we've seen it. Texas State isolated and attack. Browse with ass isolate and attack. Tech isolated and attack. We're one of the few teams that don't isolate and attack. And I don't know why, but maybe it's because our line. But that's what that's what that's what 21st century football has turned into. It's turned into almost basketball in a sense on grass. They find a weakness, they isolate it, they don't just go with that. They isolate different parts of the field, turn into a one-on-one or two-on-one game, and they attack. And they figure if they do that enough then they'll win. And that's what we're seeing in football. And I think the adjustment has to be that way. Somebody asked earlier about the so-called up-tempo. You can't go up-tempo if you can't run the ball and protect your quarterback, can you? No, you can't. The only thing up-tempo really does for me is, is it really it, it, it simplifies the defensive scheme for you. You know where everybody's going to be. But still, at the end of the day, you have to execute at a decent, high level. You got to – and it's interesting. And I know you guys saw it. You saw take linemen. They would just they never blew anybody off the ball except for sometimes going. They just stood in front of a guy and made sure that they didn't give give up penetration. Mm-hmm. That's all they did. He Joey said, Hey, we don't have dominating guys up front. We just hey, get in front and you just turn them one way or the other. And our running back is so good, we've taught him to be patient and find the crease. And they did that for, for forty eight however many minutes, sixty minutes, and they have two pretty decent backs, one really good back. They took big time advantage of that. If you don't mind me asking you this question, you played at Baylor. You're an alum. You're proud of it. How hard is it to watch what you're watching? I know you've been through many other years when they weren't very exactly. good, and and you know, you, you, but you you have to, for your reputation. People count on you to to tell the truth. How difficult has this been? It's only been difficult for me. I mean, like like you say, Samo. We we I've seen some stuff. John and, and Ricky on the staff. You know, Damo and Ricky. They've seen more so than I have. I was not there during steel days. Um, but but I've seen some stuff. I've seen some, I think, a three and nine and a four and eight. Uh, and it's tough to watch. But the only thing that I have angst over is that we were there. 
literally we were there. We were at the point where the rules were breaking our way, where Baylor could have stayed eight to nine wins or better. We were there. And I believe that Baylor, like we sometimes do, believed it was more about, say, brand and these things versus what it's really about. And what it's really about is you got to get certain players in that can play at a high level. And in today's game, you have to be able to support these guys through NIL to get guys who can play at elite levels. I'm telling you this, a Terrell Bernard and a Jalen Petrie, now Petrie stays because Petrie is that kind of guy. But if those guys develop, you may lose a couple of those guys in today's mm-hmm. NCAA football that we held on to for four and five years. Thank you, man. Great stuff. Appreciate the the insight and, and honesty. J.J. Joe, not pulling any punches at all. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.